Hello, and welcome to Frock Flicks, the historical costume movie and TV podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Van Cleave, and today we are here recapping the latest episode of Outlander, episode eight. Um, today is going to also be a little bit of an unusual podcast, kind of like our last one, um, because again, we are in Paris. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that, and we have some special guests. But first, I'm here with one half of our original Broadway recording cast. Sarah Lorraine. And we have two special guests, two people who have traveled with us to Paris. Pourquoi? Parce que nous avons allé à Versailles en costume. We went to an amazing costumed event at Versailles. Uh, where everyone was in 17th and 18th century costume, and it was kind of amazing. So, I mean, we're also in Paris because it's Paris, but, so it's kind of special. So, one of the people that we're here with is Francis Class. E. Classy. E. We debate this. Francis, why don't you, well, how do you say your name? Although I do have class. I'm certainly a classy gent. So I, I think, should say Francis Classy would suit just fine. All right, I think it's class. But we, it is his name, so I suppose I'll allow him to pronounce it the way he wants. We are all entitled to our opinions, after all, are we not? Exactly. <laughs> uh, and you longtime listeners may remember Francis joined us for our Borgias podcast. And Francis himself is a historical costumer, uh, specializing in 16th century? 16th, 18th, primarily. Right. I'd say so. And most uh, interestingly, he makes shoes. Yes, the, the proper word, as I prefer, is cordwainer, not yeah. cobbler. Yes, so uh, he's, he's a handy guy, not just for knowing about shoes, but he can actually make them. And we're also here with Lisa Vandenberg. And Lisa is a good friend of ours who currently lives in Montreal, is originally from California, but spent a few years living in... Paris. Because we hate her, except it actually benefits us, so that's good. And Lisa's, uh, why don't you tell them a little bit about your, what you do costume-wise? Uh, my background is I, I worked for a while as a professional costume designer for film and television and theater, um, but moving to Paris um, put an end to that, and I have gone back to school and I'm working on my master's degree in history. And, uh, and for those of you who say that we don't actually have professional input on here, as in people who uh, actually get paid to make costumes for film and television, um, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hopefully Lisa can weigh in on yeah. um, some things related to that. Now, also, also Lisa loves us. Right? As she should. I do. It's true. I, it's on record now. But yes. I love you guys also. Yeah, but you're not a professional. He doesn't professionally love us. <laughs> so, uh, the one hitch with all of this is that both Francis and Lisa have not watched Outlander. In fact, I had to give them the five-minute... Uh, explanation of what the hell we were about to watch and uh, Francis had just a, a few questions during during the show. How did that work out for you, Francis? Well, it, just a few, as you say. Uh, I think that I got pinched more than once. And, punched and, as well? Oh, punched, pinched, elbowed. You have very sharp elbows, Kendra, let me tell you. Very bony ones. I try. No, quite so, quite so. Oh, but I was just trying to give myself context and understand the specifics. That's... No, he wasn't. He was asking stupid questions. Yeah, he was like... Why? What is that person? Wait, wait. Why are they? Why? Why are their legs muddy? <laughs> that, why? How is that old guy the young guy's grandson? Basic questions, which I think any reasonable person would, well, reasonable. after having half a bottle of wine, right. would, would would ask. Yes. There you go. Half a bottle of wine. By the way, FYI, 
me and Kendra are actually sober. We are. Can't say so much for the other two, but you know. Thank all, mes amis. Thank all. I'm glad somebody's happy. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about this episode, although I think we might talk a little bit about just Outlander in general. So the problem for poor Lisa and Francis, of course, is they're coming in midway through season two. And of course, they have to come in for the episode where we go back to Scotland. We actually had a few other friends try to watch this too to participate. And they were like, nope, got nothing to say because it's bog people running around wearing rags. Almost. Uh, could have been shiny France if we'd uh, timed this better, but there you go. So I'm going to start with Lisa because you had, uh, you noticed, you recognized possibly one of the patterns used for one of the jackets. So what did you think of the jackets and the women's wear in this episode? Uh, I was noticing that the servant girl looked like she possibly was wearing a mantua maker jacket. The, the pattern, the short jacket with the stomacher front, with the, the lacing on the mm -hmm. front look familiar from doing reenactment. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Um, and does does this sort of era appeal to you? The sort of the and especially the the woolly, you know, well, let's hang out with the sheep. I'll take one man in a kilt over a hundred men men in pants. So yeah, yeah I was I was leaning in. Yeah. <laughs> so I I am a professed kilt. I'm like over kilts, you know. So it's kind of been kind of a thing as we've been recapping these episodes where I'm just like, ugh, a kilt again, you know. So I'm glad we have somebody who's like pro kilt. Well, and I, I actually, I did um, a show called um, Vampire Secrets for... <laughs> Tell us <laughs> about that. Channel. Oh, really? Yes, and so, sorry. Still, for the History Channel, she says. <laughs> still gets play at Halloween. And we there was a, a story about a Scotsman who had been hanged and buried. The hanging didn't kill him, so he dug himself back out. So anyway, I had a lot of appreciation for the work that was done on the kilts because... I've had to do kilts before. Yes. Yes. I, th I thought that it was, um, I enjoyed watching the ways that they represented them in the show. So that's interesting. So what era of kilts were you doing for that show? Uh, it was 17th century. Okay. Yeah. So just not too long before this not one. Not too long before because there isn't a lot of change in the great kilt. Sure. Yes. And uh, were you doing actual, the the real great kilt and the pleating and all of that? Yes, but like you have to do with film and television when you need to reset a costume back every time you take it off and put it back on again. The pleats were set with basting stitches so yeah. that it could be put back on again, whereas they, they wouldn't have done that. Right. So, yeah. but for continuity, yeah. continuity is important. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what did you think of Jamie, our, uh, our lead hero, hunka hunka possible burning love? Well, I'm a sucker for a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about tell us about your husband. Well, I met my husband wearing a kilt and a big broadsword on his back. And so he reads out loud to me while I do my hand stitching and my embroidery. And he as often as possible he makes at least one character have a Scottish accent. Excellent. For, for my pleasure. True love. <laughs> Excellent. So, Francis, uh, what did you think about the episode? Uh, I'm guessing, I know, you know, I think Lisa's probably more excited about average person clothing. Uh, Francis, does that appeal to you at all, or do you prefer the shiny? 
Did, did, did you not start off this conversation by saying bog people at the beginning? Yeah. I did say the phrase yeah. bog people. Yeah, that, that, that sort of strikes home true to me. Although I did have a good quip about while you were talking about Jamie. Um, he reminded me kind of of a scruffy, grimy Mr. Darcy in some ways, for some reason. Mm. Uh, but uh, anyhow, there it is. That, that, that thought passes. No, I, I just, I wasn't terribly excited. Uh, I, I thought that the gentleman's hair was all unkempt. I mean, you could have at least run a comb through it. Thanks. Uh, and then there was that one scene where the lady had her had her little hat thing on, and then she didn't have her hat thing on, and she had it on again. It seems to me like when you'd go out in the woods picking mushrooms, you'd have your hat thing on. Yes, but she's lying in wait for the, the uh, laird's son I trying to so entice him. But, but wouldn't it have been more interesting when if she were to wear her hat and like, oh, oh, accidentally knock it off. Oh, 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 I'm so sorry. And then she's all disheveled. Francis. Yes. I'm going to stop you there because right. you go into that whole extra... Fantasy? No, no, it's a scene from Extras. It's a, the episode that has Patrick Stewart on it where he's got a, a script where he's written where women's clothes keep falling off, and I think that's where he was... No, headed. not at all. I was just thinking that would be a more interesting uh, thing for the, for the sun, but... Um, okay. There it is. Anyways. She did give him a peek down her dress, she said, but sadly we didn't get to see it. Yeah. That's true. That's the other thing. And I he ran away, to, though. I wanted to uh, bring up that there was... A suggestion of shagging in this, but no, like, actual shagging. The season two has been yes. not delivering so in as, that department. As, a, as, as an aspiring dirty old lady, I'm having a hard time with season two and its lack of shagging. Team shag. Yeah. <laughs> Team shag. I, was, I had to tell him, I'm like, you need to see the wedding night episode from season one because... Holy... It's hey. hot. Yeah, I was quite surprised after everything I've heard about season one. I was really expecting it to go all the way. They, they seem to dial it back from what I've heard as well. Yeah, mm. I mean, they went so far in season one at the end of that with uh, with Jamie's rape that it was pretty much a... Uh, I, I'm almost I'm sorry, wondering... I'm sorry, Jamie's rape? Jamie yes, gets raped. Jamie oh, gets raped. wow. Which oh, is a major yeah. plot point. Yeah. And it's all, something so, that a lot of people debate whether or not is necessary to the story. Yeah, but it's interesting that they're really, you know, they go for all this, like, very graphic kind of content, especially at the very last episode of season one. But then in season two, it's been very much like, fade to black and fade to curtain and, like, you know, kind of pan away and you don't get to see any of the, you know... Point over, not, not not to dwell too much, but is Jamie's rape actually in the book too? Yes. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, they're very much adhering closely to the book, and so it makes right. it difficult in some ways to to quibble with plot points because it's like, well, that's from the book, and that's from the book. But uh, the the books are really great, but they definitely rely on rape maybe a little too much. Although, as we've discussed at length last time, it's that time before or whatever. It's interesting <laughs> to have it inverted. Well, point of history, uh, point of note. In terms of historical aspect, uh, would you say that they're trying to f draw a fine line between ac rep accurate representation of the book or accurate, accurate representation of history or sort of run in the middle of the two? It's interesting. I mean, obviously the book is historical fiction. Um, I think it's pretty well researched. Um, and so I don't know that it makes any major faux pas in terms of the research. I think in terms of the adaptation, they are really strongly going for making it look real you know they're not going for the tutors they're not going for rain um something we've discussed a lot on the blog there was pressure apparently you know on the costume designer to for sure you know to do that so but i think it makes more sense i think the i don't think the story would have any resonance without that sense of reality and i mean we were talking as we were you know watching you know the sort of the build-up now we're building up to the jacobite rebellion and it's 
It's, you know, and on the one hand, everyone was kind of saying, everyone's overacting, they're telegraphing things, and yet these are supposed to be majorly important, you know, events. The, the, the whole Scottish history is about to turn on this pivot point. Well, I think with viewers who aren't familiar with history, the telegraphing still allows the viewer to feel smart that they can predict what's going to happen next. That's a good point. That's a good point, because I think sometimes when, you know, you're a historian and you watch these things, you're like, oh my god, can you lay it on any thicker? And I guess, you know, Lisa has a really good point. The average viewer is probably not a historian and probably like, oh yes, I can see where that's coming for, you know, or going, or the plot's going to go in this direction. And, and yeah, that makes total sense. Right, because the flip point. side the flip side is when, you know, it feels like plot points are coming at, at you at random, and where did that come from, and who is that guy, and, you know. Like Game that. of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So sadly, the costuming was decidedly unshiny. I think Lord Lovett, uh, he's that classic character of, I'm the kooky old guy, I'm the Lord, and so I'm going to dress like shit. And he's crusty and disgusting. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Finally, in the, last in the last scene, he was wearing a velvet coat that maybe had embroidery or was sort of stamped or something. I saw a pattern on the cuffs and the front, but there really was... Not much to look at. Lord Lovett was the one who the was the, with rickets. No, it was no, the grandfather. grandfather. Oh, okay, uh, no, I, the, the the fellow with the rickets. That the uncle, would, right? Yeah, uncle. He seemed to have a nice patterned coat when he. But he always had a coat on. He always had a cravat on. He, he seemed a little more put together, but his hair was just shite. Yeah, um, I don't get it. And I think I think the actor wears a wig, and to me, it looks very wiggy too, and not like in an eighteenth century wig but sense. No, no, it's more like in a ratty old man sense. Because you could at yeah. least tie that back in a nice bow. I yes, mean, but they they live in the BFE Scotland. But 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 in some ways, <laughs> but here's the thing: in some ways, living in a context like that makes your small details all the more important. Here we are living in the most ridiculous of climate, yet we still can find ways to dress properly or appropriately. And, well, and I think that, 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 that that's a very important point. Well, especially in this era when there was the whole idea that who, how your outer appearance reflected your inner character uh, in a different way than we do today. Now we sort of create identities through our clothing and our appearance. And in this era, the idea was that those things kind of flowed naturally. Now, now this brings up a good question, uh, appropriate to my earlier point. Does she write him as the kooky old man who walks in with no waistcoat and no cravat and no coat and, you know, rambles on about what, what, n'importe quoi? It's been so long since I've read the book, but I'm pretty sure she does. And so there you go. They're sticking with that characterization. Now, granted that, you know, that's contrasted with the, the poncy son you know, who's spouting really bad poetry at Leary, um, the 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 rival, the ex rival for Jamie, and uh, yeah, poor Leary and her little cap attempting to find God and make friends with Claire again. You, you know, that, that was an interesting point. It seemed like she was smiling that whole time while she was trying to to uh, make amends with her. I didn't notice anything oh. personally. Yeah, I mean, she's always been kind of a shifty kind of 
character. I mean, you get you get the impression early on, you know, she does have this intense crush on Jamie and and then she sees Claire as the rival and then Jamie ends up marrying Claire and then Leary ends up accusing Claire of witchcraft. And as one getting, does. Nearly mm-hmm. getting her burned at the stake and then, you know, there's a lot of water under that bridge. Um, but I'm just going to say, I, you know, I've I've read spoilers of the books and so there's a reason why there's maybe a bit of insincerity that you're sensing there ah i see well i just i find it interesting that you know even even through all of this she's still smelling his freshly laundered clothes because she's creepy yeah (laughs) she's a little obsessive well but way going way back to your point about the hair um i think the other thing that bugs me about messy hair in a scenario like this is if you're being practical I mean, I feel like it's like everyone is supposed to look practical. They're wearing wool. They're wearing, I mean, as they would, obviously. But their dress is very much influenced by practicality. The last thing that's practical is to have hair hanging in your face, Precisely. I mean, it's it's not just that it's unkempt looking. It's that you've got freaking hair in your face. I don't know about you guys, but the first thing I do if I'm going to clean the house is put my hair up. You tie that shit back. Exactly. Oh, is cursing okay here? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. oh, cursing is encouraged. In fact, the more, the more F-bombs you can drop, the better. <laughs> <laughs> we get higher ratings. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I was going to point out, actually, um, one of the costumes I did like. Sorry. Refill. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the costumes I did like was Jenny's kind of yellow. Um, she had a little yellow jacket on with some nifty embroidery on, uh, on it. Oh, and like the Yes, in the very beginning of the the um, episode, and that was nice. I didn't catch it either. It'll, it's on the screen caps on the blog post. I believe so you. So there's a pretty good shot of it, so you can you can appreciate it there, but it looked pretty good, and I was, you know. We were also watching it on the laptop, which was like, you know. Not quite the same experience. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was enough to get the message and then see yeah. things, but you're right. You don't see the detail and such. I also think it's tough, I don't know, for me, having watched the you know obviously all the episodes and it's been shiny land and yes we've had quibbles and whatever but we just went I feel like I just sort of was running and just fell on my face in terms of visual interest and of course it's authentic and we're resetting you know where we are and what's going on but it's such a big shift Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say about uh to contribute about the hair um I mean they didn't carry a comb in their pocket in the mirror necessarily to reset their hair halfway through the day and so if it's windy and it gets out of place, I can see that happening. But I think also from working in film, um, they there's a, <laughs> there's a big thing about they're dirty people. You got to make them like dirty, and so it like it tends to peg to the overdone side on that um, to make sure that it reads on camera and as authentic as as authentically rustic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I you know I think occasionally that that overpegging. Happens. Maybe that's a good point. In, in as much as you have to overpeg and telegraph with your actions and your motions, you have to overpeg and telegraph with the costuming as well. So, oh, we're 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 in the Highlands. We're we're, yeah, we're a little grubbier than most, and we're we're working stiffs or something. Obvious. Like that. I think that's I think that's pretty clear. Um, it's just that it's you know the the problem we always have 
from the historical side of things is that people look at this era and they automatically judge it based on these kind of movies where they're like, oh, they're filthy and disgusting. And they look, I mean, look at that. Look at Outlander and all the Scottish people with their gross hair and like non-bathing. And, you know, I know I understand. I I get what you're saying. I'm just saying that that's kind of the irritation that we run into from the historical side of things because people take this as gospel. People say, oh, it was in, I was on TV. It's got to be true. Mm -hmm. Well, right. But, you know, given the notions of, historical bathing practices, true enough, 18th century might be a little different, but you almost want to reinforce the positives and the, the correct ones almost a little bit more than you would want to uh, the more common tropes. But that's us approaching it from the aspect of the perspective of being historians. I can imagine uh, most people, most average reviewers are not going to have much opinion on things, but I can imagine if all these people were really clean I can totally see them getting reamed in the press, but oh my God, why is everybody so clean? Because we have this whole idea that's built up through TV and film that people in the past were disgusting. So on that point, actually, it reminded me of when uh, Rob Roy came out like 20 years ago. Um, there was this <laughs> there was this press that was about uh, uh, who was who played the the, the female lead. In Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange's teeth were too white. <laughs> for the 18th century Scotland, you know, 1740, whatever that was. And and so that's, it's true, you know, too clean, too white teeth, too straight. Yeah, people will definitely bitch about it. Um, but, but besides the fact of, um, you know, clean, fancy in Paris and dirty in the rustic countryside, there's also the cinematography view of, of like, um, the maid girl's jacket we were talking about earlier, it struck me as, wow, her jacket looks new Mm -hmm. because it was so, it was so clean and it had, it was flat. It it, it looked flat because it didn't have any dirt or depth to its texture. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that cinematographers have told me that dirt does is it adds depth and texture to the clothing. Instead of it being a flat skirt, it has the darkness at the bottom that works Mm. up. And so it, creates a visual texture. Right, the shadows and movement and all those kinds exactly. of things. So you heard it from a costume perspective, so you can't, like, dream us for having that. <laughs> pointed out that that was too too clean. A professional just said maybe it was too clean. Well, I mean, think about it. Perspective, she's a serving girl. She probably wouldn't have had that many good coats to begin with. Or... Was she a serving girl? Are we talking about Jenny? No, we're talking about Leary. Oh, Leary, Leary. Yeah. okay. The blonde. So, right. So, 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 so that being said, she probably would have worn those. And I know I've worn some coats over and over and over again. And over the course of a couple of years, they, they get a little stained. You, know, you spill a little wine, you spill a little beer, whatever. Candle wax. Candle yeah. wax, whatever. Right. <laughs> but one, I mean, it seemed yeah. very, very new. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed on the one hand, it's like, oh, the fit of everything was really nice. And that's great. Um, and yet I, 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 and again, I can picture... You know, I'd be very cranky if I was walking around in really badly fitting clothes. And yet I often wonder about if you're not that high class, sometimes you're going to be wearing hand-me-downs. Sometimes you're going to be wearing something for a while and maybe you've changed size. So it's always, the flip side is it's always a little suspicious to me that everything fits so beautifully. Sure. And that's not to say they couldn't have had things tailored in, obviously. Like you say, if it's a hand-me-down, you get it in, it works, you hang on to it. You're not going to spend the extra money if it's just functional clothing. Well, I also think, too, I mean, we're looking at, the, yeah, we're really, really getting into some nit, nit, nit but shit. That's but, because there's not much else to right, talk about. I, I want, Consider the context. But I want to point out, too, is that on that on that idea that, you know, clothes, maybe as they're handed down, they of course, they look a little shabbier, but then they may fit weird. 
we're also talking about this style of jacket, though, that is actually, it can accommodate a fairly wide range of, of sizes. Because it's um, laced over a stomacher. Because it's laced over a stomacher. And so, I mean, I, you know, we could always just assume that Leary got a hand-me-down, but it's like slightly too small. And so she laced her, you know, bodice a little wider or something like that. A hand-me-down in perfect shape. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe the older sister that I don't know if she has or not <laughs> was just exceptionally clean, clean and, and, didn't, and tidy, and, and never wore this particular jacket and said, "Oh, you can have it. I don't but, wear that know, thing anyway." Honestly, isn't Le- she's not just a serving girl. Leary no. is actually she's. I mean, you know, I don't I don't know if we could call her noble, but she's uh, she's of a gentry class. She, mm. That's why she considers herself a possible yes. candidate. She's essentially at the same like kind of social level as Jamie is. Oh. Maybe but, not quite as high, but she's, you know... But but she's a gentry class out in the woods picking mushrooms. As she's helping does. out. I don't know. The, the whole class thing, you kind of have to ratchet... Again, it's the Highlands, so it's not even low... It's, we're not Edinburgh, you know? You kind of have to ratchet everything down. Jamie is... I mean, he's kind of the equivalent of a guy who, you know... Not quite a baronet or something like that, but he's, you know, he's a little bit of something. But yeah, I mean, he works in the fields with his shirt off and takes care of the horses and... You know, we're down with the people here. And there's also the, the there. I I'm not entirely sure, having not read the book, and they don't. They only hint at this in in the show, which is that because of his lineage, because his his mother and father's marriage may have been some sort of contested thing, or was somehow not, you know, uh, not considered a, appropriate. I think didn't. One of them, one of his parents married down, and I can't remember which one it his is. His mother. His mother married down. And that's him. why he's related to Colm Mackenzie. Right. She was, his mother is Colm's sister, but and, she married down. Right. And so, and so there's this kind of like tension there, like really is Jamie legit, you know, is he really one of these, you know, somebody who, who could stand to inherit Colm's, you know, position, but, uh, which is a higher, I think it's a higher status position than the Lollybrook you know, Absolutely. Thing. Well, because yeah. Colm is—I mean, he's the Laird of Clan Mackenzie. Right. He's in charge so of that he's clan. The head, head guy, and uh, and so I forget what I'm saying. Good, I've forgotten cough. my entire point about this, but there, yeah, I think there was a plot point there. Um, I was trying Possibly. to <laughs> It's late. I it is. Want to and go we're and in Paris, pack. and we're leaving tomorrow, and I haven't even packed, and, and it's midnight. And there's still two thirds of a bottle of wine left. Well, gee, you guys Francis, slackers. The problem. Francis, get on that. I mean, I've been doing this whole podcast. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Anything else anyone wants to chat about? I'm excited to go home and start season one episode. Yay! One. <laughs> good, good, good. We've and got a we've got a convert. Yay! yay. I'm glad. Yeah, it, 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 it is a it. it's a good show. It's a quality show. It's an entertaining story, and they're definitely. I mean, there's money on screen. They're they're you know they're working hard at it. This just was not your your best entry episode. I kind of been bummed about that. It would have been more fun to show you guys a, a, Fran, a French. If we could have French talked episode. about nipple swans, I think God, that would have gone over yeah. so much better with this yeah. crew. Sadly, sorry about that, guys. Any thoughts on nipple swans, Francis? I think they are fantastic, and I would be happy to see more in the future. Okay. There you go. A, a, a pro vote for nipple uh, nipple cons. I almost said nipple <laughs> swans. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. And uh, let's hope that things get a little more interesting next week, uh, plot and costume wise, where I assume at some point Bonnie Prince Charlie will be showing back up again so we can see how he does in the uh, Scottish Highlands, etc. And um, yeah, don't forget to check out our We'll Have a Blog Post with screen caps of all of the 
intensely sparkly costumes. Uh, but hey, if you want to talk about wool bodices that are laced with stomachers and picking of mushrooms and whether or not they're combing their hair enough, we can do that on the blog at frockflix.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks to Francis and Lisa for sticking the landing on this one and making it through the show and the uh, podcast. We really appreciate it. And uh, we should have Lisa back for sure at some point to talk about some of the work that you've done talking uh, in the costume design world. So until next week. Bye.